time. It is that time. It is time for another. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And you know, Pure <laughs> Hustle Podcast. I was about to drop the. And this is Rolando. You, yeah, yeah. you, you stopped my flow. I, I cut it off. But here's the thing. I want you guys to know that what you're watching right now is by far the best show that is on this YouTube channel at this moment. Yes. So congratulations. Max. We're so happy that you're here. Um, but in all honesty, like, thank you guys so much. We're happy to be here. So, so that I don't cut you off, I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 129 from the Super Bunker. Yeah. So, you know, we're all in our jackets, like, ready to roll if we got to roll, you know? Oh, huh, yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta be prepped, man, especially this crazy time. Hey, let's say what's up to some of the people in, in the chat real quick. We got a lot of people. How many people do we have right now? Uh, about 32 already, and we yeah. just started. So, And this is on delay, so it could be like 50 or 60 right yeah, now. Who knows? So who knows? Hey, by the way, before we give some shout-outs, if you're listening to the podcast, so this episode, we're gonna, are we going to drop it on the podcast tonight, or are we going to wait till Sunday? Um. We haven't even talked about this. You know, we'll probably we'll probably um, have this the YouTube up. Obviously, it'll be up. We'll probably actually release the audio for the podcast portion on Sunday. Okay, all right, let's do that. So, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, you're like, "What's going on? What did I miss?" So, we decided to go live. Why did we decide to go live? What was going on? Uh, there's there's a ton going on actually. So so the crazy thing is we've been trying to like figure out scheduling. So it, just to be honest, like I was going to be gone for a week because I was going to be going to Uganda. And so we were like, all right, trying to figure out what interviews we were going to have, when we were going to be recording our update episodes, what level up reviews we were going to be doing. Um, and then the Uganda trip got canceled, right? Like Uganda put America on it as a category one country, like they're not letting anybody in. And so then today, like those who listen know, like I'm a teacher and it, it came out today, our district is, it's closing. So today was like scrambling, trying to figure out how to get these kids ready to work online, which is kind of a good thing for me because I'm, I feel like I'm kind of uniquely... Um, position to do online teaching uh, because I'm I've got have to do some of that too. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I have my master's in education technology. So like I, my classroom's already set up this way and, and I know a lot of schools are. And so uh, if you are a parent of a, of a child who right now is going to be home and if you're the school district they're at is moving towards an online I'm sorry. based thing. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's going to be, gonna be a long no, it's going to be a great two weeks. It will. I mean, or a month. I, my kids are home for a month. I mean, there's there's, there's going to be ups and downs. We'll probably talk about some of those things. Uh, but just so you guys know, like coming from a teacher's perspective, and I know I've seen a few comments in here already that there's some teachers out there. Um, the, the teaching world has changed. So many people are already using Chromebooks, are already using the internet for so many things. Uh, so your kids are going to be in good hands. They're still going to be able to learn uh, if they're if they're willing to open up and, and do some work. Are you are you like campaigning or something here? No, but I mean, think about like I'm all. Just, of, I'm just wondering. Think of all of the fears that people have right now with the coronavirus going on, right? No, like there's so it, many. If there's one fear that we should be able to alleviate, I mean, if, if a parents are already having to deal about childcare and all those things, they shouldn't also ha be having to worry about, is my kid still going to be learning, right? Yes. And so I, I do want to at least alleviate that. Like most school districts, most teachers are well-equipped and prepared to, uh, to, to teach in this manner and to still make sure that students are, are, are getting you know, information. So if you are stressed about that, hey, you don't have to worry about it. All right, hey, let's give some quick shout outs uh, real quick. Uh, let's, uh, we're going to, can we scroll a little bit down? I don't want to shout out. You want to shout all 43? No, all pick, 43. No, I just want to see what's like, I'm going to pick. I know on the last. There's some people here. Hey, what's going on? Try flippers. How are you, Melissa? Oh, are you? Hey, she is one of our dedicated Facebook followers. Mm. Just want to give her a shout out. She's always on there because we're not the best on our Facebook. Uh, Flipping Turtle, how are you? Andrew Fisher, Big Thrift. Thanks for jumping over. Uh, so quick, ship quick. We got our wrenches in the house, uh, making sure, you know, that everything is, is you know, all good in here. Uh, Michael was laughing about something. I'm very intrigued about what this is about. 
<laughs> I don't know. Gave me some hardy eyes. Whoa, yeah. whoa! I know this is there's this gal Heather that's always I like know. you know giving know. these hardy eyes. You should tell your wife about her. I know. I think she knows. <laughs> okay. All right. What's going on? Ozzy Oscar and Mary McQueen, National Flippers. How are you? Uh, there's so many of you in here right now. Really appreciate you taking the time to go on the live uh, with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in the same scenario. So one of the reasons we had the schedule conflict is my son was supposed to go to New York and D.C. and do that whole, you know, historical studies trip that schools do. And it got canceled the day, be not canceled, postponed the day before. And uh, my yeah, my kids aren't aren't going to be back in school for a month. Yeah, it's so pretty intense. It's, it's pretty intense. So, and you know, it's intense for all of us in the sense that reselling, right? This is new. Yeah, I mean, it's it's new in so many industries. Um, you know, I I was talking to some coworkers about like all their friends who are going to be impacted in this because this is like school closures, um, all of these events like sporting events being closed, like it's impacting so many people. Um, but then to think like how this will uniquely impact resellers, both positively and negatively, right? There's going to be some things where it's like okay, like there may be sh some shift towards more online purchasing of things. Uh, but then there's also, I don't know about you, like I doubt there's going to be garage sales. And then there may be. And then I don't know if I want to be in thrift stores, right? So there's all these things that we have to kind of consider. And we'll talk about some of that in this episode. Yeah, yeah, of course. So so this is this is one of the reasons we're having this live, right? This is one of the reasons why we want to talk about this right now because we want to kind of hear from you guys. We have a whole bunch of questions that have already been sent in from listeners and people who follow us on Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, but and we're going to go through these. But if you've got your own questions or comments, um, you know, feel free to talk in the uh, in the question or the comment box. And, you know, we'd love to we'd love to have some some stuff going down. Hey, so one thing I wanted to address, though, before we get started. So a lot of people are talking about, you know, hey, you know, some people have experienced a recession of 08. Uh, some people experience, you know, going through SARS and going through H1N1 and all these different scenarios where there was an economic downturn. But this one is different than all of them. Oh, right. Sure. This is why, you know, anything that we say on this podcast today is is theory. It's kind of us based based on what I know, based on what I've heard or just kind of rationally trying to come to a conclusion about stuff. Right. Yep. Because, you know, there's one thing when you have an economic downturn and just the economy's down and, you know, people are still able to travel, though, or they still need like, you know, hiking shoes because they want to go hiking or they need clothing or they want toys. But this is different, right? Because we have a market that is way down. Luckily, it went up a little bit more today. Uh, hopefully, you're buying some stocks and riding the wave a little bit here and there. Uh, and at the same time, you also have a scenario where I don't know what people are going to buy. You know, because I, I today I mentioned in the IG Live, I sold a pair of sandals for over 100 bucks. And I'm like, is That's somebody... Crazy taking a trip to the Caribbean for like $15. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like, is that, is that what's going down? So, Hey, real quick. Uh, we got a super chat already from Clay's closet, $2.99. Thank you so much. My friend and I started a live Thursday show because of you. Wow, awesome. That's, awesome. that's so cool. Appreciate it. So, yeah. Hey, check out Clay's yeah, closet. Check it know? out. See what he's got going on there. We'd love to, you know, I, I'm assuming from your, uh, your handle and the fact that you're listening to Pure podcast that it's reselling related. So we, we love more people in the community. So, Hope your show is going well. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, hit us, at the, hit us in the DMs uh, on Instagram. I'd like to know who you are. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. Should we go with these questions? Yeah. So um, like I said, feel free to send us any questions that you guys have for us um, as we go. And we'll, we'd love to maybe talk about some of those too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want you guys to think this is only going to be a, a coronavirus episode because it's <laughs> no. not. Like this isn't the coronavirus episode. Um, I think a, a lot of these things are just going to be just resale related. But at the same time, we know that this is a hot topic issue. And that this is something that is going to impact um, people in the reselling community. So we want to address that as well. 
So the first question is coronavirus related. Oh man. So hey, my timing way, on that was off. Thank you to all of you that sent in questions on the Instagram. Really appreciate it. And and these questions, you know, some of them were are, are fun and some are co coronavirus. So the very first one is, do you think used item sales will slow down with this corona outbreak or shifting to new? Mm. Do you want to try to tackle that one? I, I, I have my own personal thoughts on it. Um, Man, you know, I don't know. So here's, I, I, this is my thoughts on this. Um, I think we're seeing right now um, a a moment that probably is is not going to be replicated in the sense of right now there's you know there's there's panic there's a lot of people confused there's a lot of just unknown out there so people are going up and they're spending a lot of money on essential things but may, maybe buying too many essential things right so one thing I'm thinking is there's probably some people who are right now especially if they're dealing with school closures they're dealing with jobs maybe you know with less hours or people are getting shut down or whatever the situation is I think a lot of people are going to be very cautious about spending money that they're going to be thinking essentials only and maybe even groceries, right? Like people are, are buying a lot of groceries and if they don't have that budgeted, they might not have that extra money to spend buying sandals or buying those types of things that are kind of extra board games, things like that. I don't know, board games might actually be good right now with people staying home. But what I think though, is once this kind of, this phase of what we're going through kind of ends, the more that people are home, I think people get bored when people are bored in their home, they're stuck home. Not as many people are going to be going out and about to events, right? You might go to concerts and said you're staying home. People spend money, right? Well, you shop when you're bored. So I think there is going to be a sense of people are going to be scrolling through eBay, looking at things that they've been watching and like, hey, I'm going to buy this. Do I think it's going to be right right now? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. But I do think there's going to come a point in this. Think about that. So many people are saying schools are closed for four weeks, right? So if you got a four week closure, a lot of that time you're going to be home, you know, people are going to get bored and they're going to spend some money. So funny. Cause at first I'm like, I completely disagree with you. Cause you're talking about that. People are going to hold on to their money. They're just going to pay, buy any essentials, but yeah, that that's true. I mean, that's, that's, that was my thoughts exactly that over time, like, so right now, like you notice a dip in, in, in purchases, probably the day after president Trump, right. Gave his not, not the one that he gave today, but mm -hmm. uh, the other day when he addressed the nation from the oval office, the very next day, like huge dip. Why? Because everybody's like, hey, time to hit Costco, time to hit Walmart, time to hit, you know, all the stores, you know, make sure we have toilet paper for days. This is such a first world thing. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. I wonder if other countries in the world are like having a shortage on toilet paper. Mm. Or is it just, think about that. I mean, there's, the, the whole toilet paper thing is kind of a, a psychological weird, weird thing. Um, but you the know. toilet, I mean, anyways, I don't want to get into all of it, but there's different ways. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, for right, sure. Right, I get what but, you're saying. Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah, people are still going to buy because they're going to be bored. People are going to want, they're going to look more, I think. Yeah, I, I think there is, part of me thinks that. The other thing, though, I just think like we bought a bunch of groceries. Like we, we have a grocery budget we spend. But, you know, when you're like, okay, for all the people who don't have like a two-week supply already set, because there's some people that, that that just every couple of years they replace that. They have like, you know, something in their closet or in their in their garage where it's like, here's emergency foods, it's beans, it's stuff that doesn't go bad really fast. And every couple of years they replace that. They're not the ones going out and panicking or buying lots of essential things. So what might normally be I buy groceries for a week or two weeks, people are now buying the groceries for two weeks plus that emergency supply. Mm -hmm. So if people are dropping an extra two or $300 on groceries that they weren't planning for the month, just the amount of money that they can spend might be down. Yeah, but it's at a it's at a time when we also have tax returns coming back, yeah. right? It's an interesting scenario. Hey, I have two comments I want to address real quick. Can we scroll up a little bit? Is that doable? Uh, Jason Kreider, if you can move it over. I think he brought up a good point. So he says, 
Uh, maybe they'll discover eBay out of boredom and begin new collections or at least become new eBay supporters. And I, I think that's going to be the case. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to, you know, pick up stuff like today. I saw some train things like, you know, people are going to work on their trains or if you have video games, if you have board games, I think clothing is going to be another thing because people aren't going to want to go to places where there's a lot of people, right? Where there's a lot of individuals gathering, mm. like, you know, who's going to want to go to the mall? Who's going to want to go, uh, you know, to the outlets at this point in time. And so that's something I think that may be, you know, that it's going to carry eBay, right? This is why I very, I'm very adamant that if you're home and you right now you're stuck and you can't go out and you have, you don't have anything to do, but you have a bunch of items to list, get yeah. those listed. Yeah, people get have already up. said death pile parties, right? Like that's, no, it's true. That's exactly Make what my wife and I are thinking. I mean, now I almost have a three week vacation. I mean, I still have to be able to respond to students and get some assignments out, but my workload is, is significantly reduced. Right. And so, but at the same time, I don't really feel like I want to be mostly because my son has a compromised immune system with his respiratory issue. And so I don't, I want to protect him. And so I don't see myself going to lots of thrift stores over the next week or two, at least until we have more information about what's going on. And so it's, yeah, this is going to be a time I'm going to be using to get through those death piles, to get listings done, maybe go through and correct listings. I'm sure if you've got, even if you've got all of your death pile done and you're like, I don't want to be out and about buying stuff. I don't want to do RA right now. You could probably go through your listings and realize, oop, this is priced too high. Oh, the description here. And you could still go through and start to optimize some things, tweak some things, and start seeing that money coming in. I think Allison, if you can scroll up a little bit, Big Drift had a great point uh, that there's savings too in all this. So we're thinking that everybody's spending all their money on essentials. But I thought about this too. So my son was supposed to go to New York and go to DC. And it's a little bit up more, right? A little more, a little right there. Below it, right there. So was supposed to go to DC, was supposed to go to New York, was supposed to, you know, spend all this money. And I was going to give him several, you know, not several hundred, but, you know, a nice amount of cash. And now that's money that's saved, right? And if you're not driving as much, that's money you're going to save. If you can't go to Starbucks, that's money that people are going to save. And so there may be, you know, money that either people are going to put in stocks, which you should, if, you know, you can buy at the right price, or they're going to go and buy things to make themselves feel better. Right. I mean, we are a culture that really much enjoys shopping. So there is an awesome comment by the Nashville Flippers. Uh, they had a question for me. They wanted to know if this was real do or diet do. And it's always diet do. Yeah, di I mean, I'm always I, I, I've I, always I'm, I need to stock do. up. Are you going to like I can imagine Orlando's cart. I, I wish somebody should Photoshop this. You know, the cart they, that the picture he has on Instagram in uh, Toys R Us. He's got like four, four carts and like the receipt that's like miles long. And they should just Photoshop it with a whole bunch well, of Diet Dew in there. So actually today when I went to Albertsons, there was no shopping carts, but there was the little kid ones. Did you push around a little I, bit? I did. I did. Well, I had my son. So I wish that, I had a picture that, of that. that made it a little bit better. So I took the little kid cart and I went and I stocked it up with Diet Dew. And my son likes Arizona IC, so I stocked it up with that. So... Uh, you know, got to make things happen. Yeah. So I don't know. Overall answer is I do believe online sales are going to continue. I think Mike would mm -hmm. agree with this. Either one, because of boredom B because what? I went from either one and then I went to B. Mm -hmm. I don't, did you catch what just happened? Anyways, uh, or B, you know, people are going to be looking for items, uh, that they don't want to go out and search for. So they're going to go online, whether that be Amazon or eBay. Now I will say, I do think Amazon, I have my concerns and, you know, maybe they got to figure it out. But I, we shared in our feed about how Amazon is allowing workers to stay home and not counting it against them if they work at that warehouse. And also, 
Amazon, right? They have a lot of shipments to go through. And so don't know. It may be time to start doing a little bit more merchant fulfilled and maybe shifting some things to eBay. So that's some things you got to think about. Hey, we got a shout out here from the thrifting lounge YouTube channel from back in the day saying, Hey, what's up, Orlando? What's going on? What's up, Orlando? (laughs) So appreciate, appreciate the $5 super chat. And you haven't checked out his channel. Check it out. I mean, I was watching his interviews years ago. Right. So appreciate hopping on the live. It's kind of like an honor to be here. So thank you so much yeah. uh, for the five dollars super chat. Check out the thrifting lounge. Yeah. All right. Uh, Latin pickers uh, who they do a lot of Amazon said MF might not. Oh, we lost them a little bit, uh, but they said MF may not be popular overall, but it's a good idea if you can start it right now. Yeah, I, I can see that. Right. Because if, if I don't know, I just I, my here's my here's my one concern is the post office, FedEx and UPS. Right. I think of all the systems that can't shut down, it's those. Yeah, and they won't. I mean, part of the reasons I think they won't is because, I mean, there is the aspect of people have to drop things off and deal with somebody at at a cash register, almost as it were. But so does grocery stores, and grocery stores won't be shutting down. Um, If if we look at Italy as a model, right, where they're hit almost the hardest, and grocery stores are still open, pharmacies are still open. Um, The post office, though, people, when it's a person outside walking door-to-door, dropping off packages, it's very different than being in a crowded room full of a bunch of people really close, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think their risk to exposure, even though they see a lot of people, is actually lower. And so unless, the, I mean, now the the side that might be difficult is, again, if a bunch of workers at the post office now have to start staying home or finding, like, calling out a couple times a week because they got to be with their kids because their kids are off school, then you start to run into issues of delayed deliveries because they're understaffed. And so, yeah, I mean, that definitely is something to consider. Yeah, but I, you know, I've been talking to my post office peeps and they said, no, like it's going to be business usual. Actually, I had talked to uh, FedEx people too, and they said it hasn't even been a discussion. Mm. So, you know, and again, right now we are, and wherever you land on it, whether we're overreacting, underreacting, there's major action being taken. And so, you know, we don't know. This could go on for a month or two. This could be six months. This could be a year. I mean, I, mm. I don't know, right? This is all us trying to figure it out. We're all, we're all, was it President Trump that said we're all in this together? It was. I, I don't know. I did the Oval Office. I was automatically thinking high school music. Don't ask me why. Uh, we're but yeah. all in this oh, my. together. I wasn't asking for you know, solos though. It's sad that I know that because it's, it's weird. When I was teaching high school, it goes in waves like what kids were interested in, but high school musical was huge for like the juniors and seniors in high school. I remember because that. they were like junior hires when it came out or like elementary kids when it came out. And it's like, why are these kids obsessed with a kid show? But man, and that I, I, goes back I, to some of the things we've talked about when it comes to like going back to the nineties or going back to what your parents were in, interested in, because that's why those, those fads return and you can capitalize on them. So maybe think about like what your kids are interested in now. Like SpongeBob was big when I was in elementary school. So then when I got up to high school, it was the trendy thing to be into SpongeBob as a high schooler. Right. So kind of thinking about it still that is in a weird way. It is. And so if you can think about things like that, you might be like putting away in the back of your mind of like, all right, what are some things that could be resale items when these kids start to get to high school, college age, when it's kind of cool and hip to be interested in Dora the Explorer. Cause you know, that was what I was into when I was a kid. Yeah. It's a tip, right? I don't know. All right. Take two, it or leave it. Two comments in the, in the, in the feed here, Michael Amarez, uh, who is a mailman from post office said, we are not shutting down for now. Yeah. It's good to hear. Yeah, And again, I, I would, I would not imagine they would shut down again. Like I said, I think that the problem would be if understaffed, right? Like if, if, if you even got 10, 10% of your employees are calling out every week because they need to cover childcare because of school shutdowns, 
that starts to have an impact. I just, I just don't see it happening. You don't see employees calling out? No, I don't. I, post office is the most reliable system I think we have in the United States. Well, the system, but I'm saying like if, if you're a single mom and you work, but your kids are at school, so you can oh, work no, in I get that. So I that's get what that. I'm talking about. I'm, but maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be job openings. You know, maybe people take a job. You know what I mean? And think about it in an economy like where temp? you can't. Yeah, like you can't work, right? Like Disneyland people, right? They're getting paid right now. But in time, Disneyland's not going to be able to pay them much, right? So there's still going to be jobs out there that people are going to be looking for. So I, I do believe that it's going to keep going. Uh, somebody had asked me, uh, oh, Martha said, Orlando, uh, Martha Walter says, Orlando, don't say six months. Hey, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, for all we know, we could be two weeks in and then we're, we're going to get a notice that the kids should go back to school. Right? Yeah. I, I don't anticipate that, but. We just, we don't know. We are in a new phase in history. So let me. Oh, here's a good one. Babysitting is going to be huge. Yeah. If you're a hustler out there, this might be the market for you. If you're, if you're like, man, I, I'm not able to source, you know, maybe this is the opportunity to start a babysitting club. Okay, hey, I wanted to that share that? the babysitters club. I guess so. Um, so I wanted to talk about something real quick is I'm going to get into my teacher side as a historian. So as a historian, like you always hear this comment, like, you know, you should learn from history. So, you know, because those that don't will end up repeating it, right? George Santayana back in the late 1800s said it. But here's the thing with, with historical events, they never exactly repeat themselves, right? So you can't think about, hey, what happened in 1918 is going to happen now with the Spanish flu or what happened with the 08 recession is going to happen now. Each specific event is different, right? Even in the reselling game, it's different because you think about in 08 in the recession, there was only eBay. Now there's eBay. Now there's Poshmark, now there's Mercari, there's Depop, there's da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. There's a ton of other avenues, and there's a lot more resellers, and there's a lot more research, right? So the key thing is, and I like what Kent Dingle said here in the comments, evolve and adapt, and that's what it's going to be, right? As things are happening, you're going to have to figure out, okay, am I going to sell these items? Where can I source? That's the other thing we haven't talked about, sourcing. You have any concerns about sourcing, Mike? Yeah, I mean, like I said before, like I, I think for the for the model that we do, which is primarily, or at least that I do, you're more, you'll do a lot of retail arbitrage. The model that I do tends to lean more towards garage sales, thrift stores, and so I, I just think garage sales, garage sale season right now, because again, the way I look at it is whether or not the actual threat is real, which I think there's a, a significant threat for a portion of the population, right? And the idea right now is to try and prevent that threat from being as bad as it could be for that population. Mm -hmm. the, the, the longer we can give the medical professionals to figure things out, the better. So, but regardless of the, the reality of the threat, people's reactions are real. Mm -hmm. And if there's just a general fear, I think not as many people are going to want to be outside having random strangers coming, looking through their stuff, this back and forth. I think a lot of people, they're just going to put it off. Let's not have a garage sale right now. There's a coronavirus. Now, whether that's going to last a few weeks, whether that's going to last months, I don't know. But I would just imagine, I would think that garage sales are going to be less. Thrift stores are probably still going to be open for a while unless they, for whatever reason, shut down. But again, is that where you want to be? Is that always the most sanitary? We talk, we've, we've had conversations like, you kind of know, sometimes it's gross in there. You're digging through some gross stuff. And so is that really where you want to be when there's the potential? Because it's not you a lot of times that you're protecting. You might be like, I get this thing. I'll probably be okay. But it's like, I've got a grandparent or a parent at home or that I'm close to, and I don't want to become infected and become a carrier. And so I think People are not going to be now. If you are willing to go to thrift stores, there might be less competition. Yeah, I'm so. good for it. But what I, the same thing I've always said before is, you can't. And I've said this in the last podcast. You can't be full time going to thrift stores, right? You can't be full time going to just garage sales. Like there has for to be, you. I think for anybody, I, I think it's it's it, those of you that are full time, 
and they have just done garage sales and thrift stores for a little bit, let me know because the, the consensus I usually get is that, and I've experienced it myself, that it's not reliable, right? You want something that's reliable. And so this is going to force some of us to find other ways to source, right? Whether it be Amazon return pallets, whether it be local deals, whether it be making connections, right? It is, it is stuff that we're all going to have to think outside the box to source, to resell, especially if you're full-time, right? You got to think about that. And actually right now I'm kind of stocking up on inventory. Like I'm going to keep sourcing because I don't know, in a week they could shut down thrift stores. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, who knows? I mean, when we're talking about, you know, that full, I think it was like full shutdown is on the table. Like, I don't know what that means right now. Granted, we're in the United States and martial law, like that's only been pulled like once, I think maybe. <laughs> Maybe back in the Civil War, you know, whatever. So, I, I don't mind. We're getting so dystopian here. Like, I don't want to go there. We're not even close to that. Not even close. I thought uh, we were trying to make this, you know. No, it real. is. It's light. Hey, not like. We're just going to no, keep smiling. Just keep smiling. All right. Hey, let's go to our next question. Uh, man, so many. Before we do that, there's so many good comments. I'm sorry if we can't get to all your comments. I'm really loving all the comments in here. It is pretty awesome. It is amazing. So, all right. Somebody had asked, are there any shipping suggestions you have for someone just starting out? Shipping wanna, suggestions. You want to start? I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna refer them to the episodes. But yeah. when you're you, you know, you've been doing this for a year. What would you say if you could do shipping all over again? Or maybe what? What do you? What are some best practices that helped you out? Um, just starting out. One of the mistakes I made is I was going to the post office to buy all my postage to buy the. I mean, I mm -hmm. I pack it, I put it in the boxes, but then I buy the 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 labels there. So if you're doing that, I would say that's the first thing to stop. Stop doing that. Print your own labels. Um, either invest in a Rolo or just even a printer, like whatever you need to do. Um, you're going to save a ton of money doing that. The other thing too is if you've got time, if you're just starting out, you probably have more time than you have like inventory to list. Practice what it takes, like get an item, pack it, figure out what it weighs and figure out what shipping rates cost. Like the more you do that, because it's one of those things where when I first started, I had no idea. It's like, well, how much is this thing going to cost to ship? Um, and I couldn't even really comprehend now after i've sold 100 items about the same size about the same weight it's like well that's probably going to be like 899 that's probably going to be 13 that's going to be and and again of course it depends on if, if you know it's variable shipping um but even with that like you're limiting your population of who's going to buy if you're doing variable shipping and it's very expensive to ship to further away locations so uh, part of what I'd say is with the time that you have, start looking up just what 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 are the prices? Like, what does it cost to ship something? Um, and and figure that out before you list to make sure you can list competitively. Because sometimes I, I'm even on eBay sometimes. Uh, oh, there's this cool item I found on, at Target that I could probably sell and flip. And then I look and people are doing free shipping and selling it for about the same price that it costs that at, at Target. I'm like, how are they even doing this? You know, so you got to know you can't just use comps to determine what shipping is going to cost. Yeah, and th I think there's some non-negotiable things that you probably need to purchase. I would say a scale, and I'm not saying go to our link below. I mean, you can, and you know, we'll get a few pennies out of it. But a scale is definitely a must. Go to USPS, the, their store, and get the free supplies that they have on there. So the medium flat rate box, the large flat rate box, the padded priority envelope is key. All right, because flat rate to me is the easiest way to ship. And then sell quick, ship quick. And a bunch of you guys have commented pirate ship. Yeah, pirate, pirate ship, ship right? Is a game changer. Pirateship.com, go there. It'll definitely help. Uh, the latest thing I've been doing, and a lot of people have suggested this to us, was the box in a bag. Like today, I had a pair of shoes that I it was going to cost me $12 to ship, but I put that box in a poly bag. It kind of fit. I had a big enough, and it, it went down from $12 to $8, right? That's mm. $4 saving, but if you multiply that times 
multiple sales, like right. that's some good money you can reinvest in other items. So hopefully that helped. A key thing, scale. Key thing, pirate chip. And the other one is print your labels at home. Do not go to the post office. So, and I know who you are who posted that question. So, hey, you can hit me up in the yep. DMs if you have more questions. But also check out our episodes that we talked about. This are ship tips episodes, episodes 48 and 52. We talk yeah. all about shipping. So that's check episode 48 and 52. So thank you for the question. Are we ever going to get to a point where it's like people sending questions and are like, all right, we've got the perfect answer for you. Uh, episode 127. And we just give them that. I don't think so. I don't know. Because well, things change. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be cool if we could be like, I'm going to throw his name out there. Gary V. You know, he has a searchable database for all his content. Mm. Like you can type in what you're looking for, like motivation and a pull up anything that's motivation. That's legit. Which if you typed in motivation for Gary V, I think it would just be everything he's ever no, done. I know, that that's is kind true. of that is true. brand. That's that is true. But if you did like, anyways. All right. Hey, let's get to another question before we move on. Somebody said, what kind of marketing plan do you recommend for someone who is just starting out? marketing marketing plan so two things i'll say now maybe this is coming from the shopify angle mm. you know but so the only marketing really that you have there's two platforms that you could do it on i know on poshmark sharing is marketing right in a way mm -hmm. am i right about that so sharing closet sharing more of your own closet is the more helpful one on amazon you have pay-per-click so you can do that on amazon and on ebay you have promoted listings yeah, right or you can run markdown sales if you do Instagram, so this is the one that I, I get a lot of questions on, like, Orlando, like, no one wants to buy stuff from my store on Instagram. And, and you know, can you direct people or can you shout out my store? And my response always is, is provide value, like build your following by providing value, mm. right? Because if all your page is, is about selling items to individuals, like, they're not going to gain value from it, right? And if they do a quick scheme and they don't see what, you know, anything they like, they may not follow. But if you're providing ship tips or if you're you know providing some kind of value for a reason for somebody to follow you right or let's say you have a niche let's say you're about nike or let's say you're about harley or whatever it is then talk about the different versions of shoes or the different items provide value so for example mike and i have been able to sell stuff on instagram because you know we we gain the following because you know we i hate saying that we provide value but we do I don't know. I just feel a little arrogant saying that, but we're just paying for what we've learned and what we've learned from our failures. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. but you know, I show when I go to the thrift store, I show to the garage sales and I never have the intention of selling these items to anybody on Instagram. It's always trying to say, Hey, these are items to look out for. But every once in a while, I'll get somebody that'll hit me up and say, Orlando, I really want to buy that uh, right now. Can we, can we make a deal? And I'll make a deal. And, and that's how you do it. So that if you're, if that was your question, I hope that I answered a question about marketing. Do you have any any comments you want to address real quick? Uh, no, I think I think you kind of covered marketing. I think I think too part of it we think about you know your your reputation on the site, right? So having good feedback is going to be a part of marketing because people are going to be more likely to buy from you if they see that you're you know a reputable reseller. Um, and then even just the wording professionalism, right? So um, as you guys know, I'm a fan of posting on on the mobile app, and it's not because I think it's better. I just think it's more convenient for me. Um, I do think that the desktop has do we way need more shirts like the Twilight, like Team Jacob, like right? Team you Mobile, could be like Team Desktop. Team, yeah, there you go. No, no, I mean, honestly, and to be honest, probably to be more professional, desktop would be the option because there's more functions, there's more. But I just think of, you know, maybe this is the English teacher in me, but if your if your grammar is poor, if your spelling's off, if your capitalization is off, if you're if you if you seem kind of scammy, right? Like I just think of like when I was making my Craigslist ad that I use, 
Um, I looked at all the Craigslist ads that were similar in different markets, and I'm like, man, some of these just look scammy. You're right. It you is know? so true. And so, but it's Craigslist too. I mean, it is. It's Craigslist. But I, I just thought like, okay, I'm going to make mine, and I'm just going to I don't really think that adding all these extra symbols and then like not having things spelled right and having random. You didn't use the look with the two eyes for the O's. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I was like, I don't think this stuff actually helps them. And so I, I just want mine to seem like I'm a professional adult who wants to purchase your items, you know, and I'm, I've got this ad that I've got up and I, I, maybe it sets you apart. And same thing with eBay listings. If you can be professional, I think that's probably a good way of marketing. And, and that's just like, that's like a, a weird way of thinking about marketing, but it is a aspect of who you are like, who do you want to buy from? Yeah. You know, is it the person who's like, uh, can I trust that they know what they're talking about? Or somebody who seems to be able to articulate themselves well in the listing that is actually honest about what the flaws are as opposed to like, you know, just kind of glancing over things. I think those things are part of marketing too. Yeah. And, you know, as you as you grow, like even on social media, I mean, you've, you've I've heard Craigslist Hunter and, and some of you that have YouTube channels, like the more value you provide, the more times that you'll just sell stuff from right off you know, your, your YouTube channel, mm. like somebody will comments will say, Hey, uh, can I buy that? And then next, thing you know, you're making a deal and you're saving yourself, you know, eBay fees and PayPal fees and all kinds of fees. So that was a great question. It's good. All right. Should we hit a, let's say, you know, we got a lot of love in the comments <laughs> saying that we provide value. Thank you guys. Oh, really appreciate you. that. Uh, we, we're still in this weird kind of like, I would say we're going to hit two years here in June and two years ago. Whoa. Yeah, two we're, years. we're getting into our, our toddler. Two? We're we're moving out of our infancy of, of being a podcast into like the toddler years. So, so this is this is gonna be, be it, cool. It's gonna be legit. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the support and, and everything. Uh hey, real quick, speaking of that, if you have not hit the thumbs up, hey, smash that yeah, like smash button. Like. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Boom. So other people know that we're boom. on, and then this will draw other people to the live. And uh hope you do. You know what I'm loving about right now? Like we're talking here. And I don't feel all the craziness that's going on right now. Yeah, no, that's you know true. Saying? It's kind of nice. Like, yeah. Getting I, away from it right now. And I think, too, I mean, Orlando might kill me for saying something now because we have no idea what's going to happen. But we we're kind of thinking, like, we know some people are going to be stuck home, not doing as much. You know, there's a possibility that over these couple of weeks, I may have some extra time. We might get a couple of extra random podcasts out there of just, like, us chatting, talking, because, you know, like, being part of this community and just having, you know. Just some lives, too. Yeah, maybe some lives. Um, and then what I would say too, um, since we've got you here on live and you've already smashed that like button and you can only do that once. So, but if you haven't done it, please do it. Boom, boom, boom. Um, I don't know why I did boom, 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 but I did that. So, uh, hit Emphasis. that button, Bing! right? Check the bell though. And when you click the bell, um, I wish I had the graphic here. There's going to be a drop down, and you actually have to select all notifications. Cause if you just hit subscribe and you're subscribed, it actually doesn't alert you when we have new videos. And so it'd be very helpful if you hit the bell and then click to subscribe to notifications. That way, when we do drop a random video in the middle of the week of like, hey guys, coronavirus, we're here talking now. So um, you'll know when those videos drop or if we have a random whatever, another live or something, you'll get those notifications. So hit that notification button. Hey, thank you guys all that have commented that you already did really appreciate that. Yeah. Somebody, Wayne O'Reilly says quarantine podcast. Hey, you know, who knows? We'll see. Uh, somebody asked me if I'm still teaching. I am. I'm teaching one class and they actually canceled school too, but we're a homeschool co-op. So we're just shifting gears a little bit. Going to be doing some uh, conference calling and stuff like that. So yeah. It's been good. It's, you know, that's what, what's nice about theme full time is being able to just adjust. Yep. Right. So it's been interesting. All right. Let's get to the next one because we got 14 of these. So I want to make sure we yeah, get through we, all of We these. may not get through all of them. Okay. Let, let, we'll, get, well, a lot of these are Corona ones. All right. So, so I think we're good. Uh, four, at what point should I upgrade to an eBay store? Does the store increase sales traffic? All right. I'll answer the second one. Uh, that's really, does the store increase sales and tra slap traffic? I don't think so. 
Uh, I think it's listing. I think it's having items that people want. I think it's competitive pricing, pictures, return policy, all those normal things that you need in your listing. I don't think a store will make the difference. I do believe feedback makes a difference, especially if you're trying to sell uh, higher end items. But what about you? When did you jump to a store? Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just because I'm so logical with that kind of stuff. It was only when it made sense financially. So when I was paying more for listings than a store would cost, it made sense to get to the store, right? And which for the starter store, that was really fast, right? So when it goes to like, okay, I want to move from that starter store to like whatever the one is above that. And then the one above that, I always made that decision based off of if I'm starting to pay more than it's worth. And and you have to count into like the discount you get, right? Like for extra listings, like if I were to purchase the store, less fees, all these things, maybe some extra um, credits, things like that. I did the math. And when it made sense financially, it was like, okay, because I'm doing 100 listings each month um, and I'm paying a certain amount each month on these listings, if I just up to the store, I'm actually saving money uh, and getting some extra features. So um, I would say, don't do it until you're ready. There's no point. There's not like a rush. Like when you're day one, you're starting to list some things or if you're like far off from meeting that point where it makes sense to get a store, don't jump up to a store thinking that that's going to magically help um, because I doubt it, it does. It will We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. Help in one aspect, you can do markdown sales. That's true, right? So if you're able to do sales, then that's going to help you bring more, uh, you know, conversion. Because for a reason, the algorithm likes sales, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's one thing. Uh, Michael uh, Casanera, 
hope I, pr- I hope I pronounced the last part right. Hey, Michael, hope to run into you sometime soon. You're not too far from here. eBay gives you a lot of access to data when you have a store, though. That is true. Sourcing guide and Terapeak, to name a few. You know what? That's a very excellent point. We didn't bring that up. Yeah. And, Thank and, you, Michael. That, and that's again where I would say like, if you're at a point where you're needing those tools, you're probably already, you've got a store. Now, it, the more of the question is like, should I buy the bigger store? Those types of things. That's when it's got to make financial sense. But yeah, if you're if you're at a place where you're already capable of using Terapeak and 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 it's something you're using often while you're outsourcing, then you probably have more than the ten to fifteen free listings that they're giving you each month. Uh, and so yeah, it would absolutely make sense. So good question. You know, we answered that differently than we've ever answered it before. So I appreciated that. All right, I'm gonna go. Let's go to a fun question here. Ooh, well, kind party of fun. time. <laughs> party time. So yeah, it's party time. It's don't, Corona don't. time. Anyways, <laughs> what are your five items you sell the most? Mm. You want me to answer this first? Go for it. This, this, those of you that have been following us for so long, I say the same thing since probably the first episode, but it's because it's still so strong. Harley Davidson stuff. I sell it every week. Now it fluctuates. Some I've noticed that shirts like the t-shirts are going up in value again. I've been able to sell shirts for more than $30 a lot of the time. Uh, I would say the button-down shirts, leather jackets. Now, leather jackets take a little bit longer. You got to be careful that you don't buy. So let me rewind a little bit. Shirts sell well because people have like a memory. So if it's like a Harley, Maui, Harley, you know, Mount Rushmore, like people want that because they have a memory. When it comes to leather jackets, you got to be careful not, I, this is my own perspective, don't buy ones that are specific to a region. Because then it's a high dollar item and it's specific to one region and it's going to take the right, no, not fingerlings. Thank you, Rockefeller 10. So you got to buy a jacket that is specific, not specific, but is that more of a general jacket that, you know, a huge amount of the population buy. Other things I sell, I still sell a lot of rain spooner, Hawaiian shirts. That's, that's my go-to still. Uh, and again, not generic ones. This is the this is different than my Harley advice. This one is look for patterns and themes that are more specific. So Christmas or college or sports or a sports theme like those tend to sell well. I've also had uh, I do a lot of shoes, and most of the shoes I sell are pretty much like hiking shoes, mm. and and not the high end like La Sportiva or any of those. It's more like Merrell's. Like Merrell still is a good seller for me. I think it's Morel. Is it Morel? Sorry. Yeah. Morel. I was trying to phonetically pronounce Morel. it. Did I not? Morel. Okay. So those are some items. And, you know, I sell a lot of hats still. I know it's funny. Anytime I post something about hats, people always say I, it takes a long time to sell. Yeah. And that is a hundred percent true. But I have, you know, several hundred hats. So I don't feel that. So once you build your inventory to a certain size, you're going to have consistent sales of those items because that's what's your inventory. If you're just starting and you have only like 10, Right, that's gonna take a little time. Okay. OMG, I still can have. Yeah, let, let me let me jump in on this. Um, I've Wait, only read found the comment first. Yeah, so well, it's on the screen, so anybody can see it. Well, the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a comment here that says we love all the our podcast peeps. Yeah. Uh, there's a comment here that says um, I still cannot find Rain Spooner going on 60 months of looking. Um, I, I was in the same place. I, I've only really found one or two, um, and it was one of those things where it was like, oh, like because Orlando, that was like before I even started. It was Rain Spooner, Rain Spooner, Rain Spooner. He talked about Rain Spooner all the time, um, and I think one of the reasons why Orlando, I mean, he has a. a backlog inventory of it because he was able to get it at a certain point in time when when it was easier to find, I think. But also, 
he's made connections and he's gotten big bulk buys. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a difference very there. True. Um, so when you can go to a collector or somebody maybe in a state sale and you're able to buy like 50 rain spooner shirts at one time, uh, and they sell, you know, every month or two, one or two of those are selling, then it becomes a consistent big source of income. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're probably not finding rain spooner often at thrift stores, at least where we are. Yeah, no, it's the market here is tough. I mean, I will say most of my major and this other thing you got to think about bulk buys. And you know what? Right now, the fact that we're in an economic downturn, there may be people trying to liquidate, Mm. right? They want to get that cash or they want to invest that cash. So keep an eye on Facebook Marketplace. Keep an eye on Craigslist. Like there may be some major deals out there you might be able to right even right now because people are going to be looking for cash maybe they're going to be out of work and you can help them out by buying inventory that they kind of are like hey i don't know actually i read an la times i think it was the la times article about the the sneakerhead community and how they right now since a lot of millennials don't have savings again i'm just i'm just reporting the news I'm not judging anyone that a lot of them are selling their shoes now because they're recognizing that they don't have supplemental, they don't have savings, they don't have anything, you know, in case they lose their job or, you know, and so on. And so this may be a time to bulk buy, you know, it's, I truly believe if things keep moving forward in this way, we'll be able to do bulk buys and buy large amount. And that's how I get a lot of my inventory is bulk buys. I'm not very big. On, I was big on thrift stores, but I'm bulk buys is where I get most of my stuff now. Yeah. So so I listed, I think I listed like four, four items. The other stuff is Western gear. So cowboy boots, uh, cowboy hats. Uh, we're in a part of San Diego that being a cowboy is a big deal. And so there's a lot of that inventory here for us. And so you got to find what's in your region, right? You might be in a place where there's no cowboys. You might be in a place where there's no rain spinner. So find those things that there's plenty of that you can make a decent profit on. I know it's common sense, but just something to think about. How about yeah, you, Mike? That's good. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to miss some too that that are, are big items for me that I'm just not thinking of at the moment. But yeah, used shoes are really big. Um, selling a lot of those. Board games, obviously, uh, because that's just a passion of mine. And so I like looking at them. I like picking them up. I like researching them. Uh, and so it's amazing how often you can flip those, right? Like I'm, I'm even thinking right now, puzzles. I do puzzles sometimes. So puzzles and board games, this might be a good uptick on those things because if people are stuck at home, again, they might mm-hmm. be buying those things. Um, electronics do really well on electronics, uh, toys, like used toys, like collectible toys. I'm not really, I'm not like a guru by any means, or like, I guess guru is not the right word. I'm not like a collector, like very knowledgeable about like the collector collector stuff. Like people have like full on collections, but what I do have is just an interest. And so when I'm at a thrift store, I always look through the toy section and you can pretty well like easily spot if it's like, this is junk, this is junk. And I'm sure some of that thing, the things that I think are junk are actually treasure. But um, but sometimes you see something you're like, wow, that looks old and that looks kind of cool. And so I'll look it up. And a lot mm-hmm. of times there's money there. And so I'm consistently flipping um, toys. That's probably a big one for me. Um, athletic apparel. Um, I do pretty well on athletic apparel um, and electronics when it comes to things like VCRs, um, gaming consoles, those types of things are always a hot seller. So yeah. So there you have it. So, but again, Always source what's in your area. I'm going to keep repeating that because sometimes you'll get on Instagram and you want what people are selling, but your your area may not have that item. Uh, question real quick from Jose Flores says, bulk buy question mark. So when I mean bulk buy, there's a couple ways to do that, right? You can do like the Amazon pallet returns. You could do store liquidation. When I mean bulk buy is that usually, uh, so Mike and I, we've talked about this before. We have business cards. 
that we give out to people when we're at a garage sale or at a thrift store or whatever. So sometimes we get contacted because people know that we're looking to buy a lot and they'll reach out to us. Sometimes we'll go on offer up or let go and we'll buy stuff and then we'll get into a conversation. And next thing you know, we're buying a whole bunch of items, right? Yeah. So that's what we mean with bulk. That's bulk buys for us. Uh, we don't. We haven't done pallets yet. No, and we haven't done you know a storage unit. I mean, and we may be doing a storage unit here in the future. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So like even with bulk buys things, like you'll be surprised if you're doing online arbitrage in the sense of you're doing Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. How many times that I've found that now that I've started telling people I'm a reseller because it, it's a bargaining chip, and then two, they'll often offer up like let's say if I'm buying a collection of books, right? And and they I. I tell them like, hey, I have to get it at this price. I'm a reseller. Like, honestly, these books are probably going to take me a long time to sell. And if I get them at more than this, there's not going to be profit for me. If they're willing to work with me, oftentimes they'll also say, I also have these. Or are there other things that you sell? Right? I've got a Craigslist ad that people reach out to me and I'm able to make those connections. And a lot of times, even if I can't come to a connection on that item that I'm trying to buy... And I tell them like, look, I'm a reseller. I'm sorry. Like, I can't buy it at that price. And then they'll, they'll be the one to initiate and say, what other things do you resell? What other things are you looking at buying? And so I'll basically give a list, like basically anything, right? Like, and so the people, they'll start sending me pictures. Like I've got these, I've got these, will you buy these? And so a lot of times you can buy entire collections, right? Like an entire, you know, whatever it is, collectible item or type of clothing, if you're doing like the Harley gear. And so don't be afraid to let people know you're a reseller just for that, because you can make those connections. All right. So it's time for a Corona question. Corona. So, and if you guys have questions there in the feed, I know it's going to be hard sometimes for us to pick up because there's, you know, the, the comments are, are moving, but hopefully we'll get to some of them. So I'm going to, I'm going to put two questions together. Uh, one question was, how has coronavirus affected our sales slash commu- uh, reseller community? And 14, <laughs> unethical to profit off of COVID-19? Question mark. What is the tipping point of regular business and scum? Before we get to that controversial question, I uh, want to say thank you so much, Texas Treasures, for the $5 super chat. Send yeah, yeah, yeah. Find what your geographic area has is unique to source for you. That gives you an unfair advantage over others. That's an excellent point. Thanks, yeah. Texas Treasures. Seriously, no, that's, that's very good. I, I agree. I agree. Because all the time people are like, hey, Alana, look what I found. I'm like, what? I can never find that stuff. Right? So, hey, thank you so much for sharing that. All right. So let's, let's break this question. So one was impacting the reselling community and sales. And we talked about sales a little bit already. Uh, but how about impacting the reseller community? Do you think there's been an impact? Yeah, let me let me talk on this one. Because Mike's been busy with... <laughs> I got to tell you, teaching's been intense for you lately. It's crazy. Because you have to prep. So I've been on Instagram and I've been DMing with many of you and so on. And I want to be careful in what I say. Because <laughs> I don't think we've ever put our foot in our mouth yet. Mm. But there's always it's always going to happen. Uh, do you want me to get that question first? I'll answer this question real quick. So right. Somebody asked, because we've had this a uh, few questions on here. Do we partner up when it comes to buying stuff? We don't. Like, no. The only thing that, that we are connected him, with. That's yeah, him. The only thing we're connected with is the podcast. Um, we don't even source together. Sometimes we'll source together for. We share stuff though with one another. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah. Like if I if I find a good deal somewhere, if he finds good deals or he knows like there may be a hot item. So we definitely um, have a friendship when it comes to that and a partnership in that sense. Uh, but we've never like gone in and like let's buy this palette or let's buy um now is that to say we wouldn't i don't know maybe maybe if it was like a really big sale and it's like hey let's do this let's do it for the podcast let's see we might but um that's not something we typically do (laughs) so you'll hear mike say that in plenty of episodes so it's all good though hey but we learn we learn from each other so that's great okay going back to the question so impact the reselling community so i think there's there's a lot of things we got to be careful of i think right now it's a very important time for us to stay 
positive and stay the course because I think we can get very much in this doom and gloom, right? Because I mean, think about it. This is the first time I'm gonna, I'm just going to throw this out there. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, mm. right? So I went through, you know, 9-11, I went through SARS, I went through H1N1, I went through all the stuff, I went through Y2K, right? And I went through a lot of stuff. And 9-11 to me was probably the most, I would say, hmm, I don't want to throw, I want to be careful what I say. It was, a, it, was a, it was a moment that there was a lot of the unknown, like didn't know what to expect, didn't know what was going to happen. I think right now I was talking to my son and I said, I think this is your 9-11 in a way, right? It, I mean, it's a holy, a whole, a holy, totally different scenario, but it's it has a people, major effect, right? Schools got shut this. down yeah. in 9-11. The country had to come together, right? It was about like, let's help each other out. Now, one thing I have, I do know as a historian is if there's one event that drives people apart, it's pandemics, mm. right? And usually when there's a war and usually when there's an economic downturn, Usually when there's uh, some kind of hurricane or natural disaster, people come together and help. We're, we're, we're hurt like a herd animal. Like we get comfort as human beings being around each other. When there's danger, we want to we want to flock with other people. So one of the scary things about being um, something like this is it's kind of like isolate, be, in, be separate. Like that's the safe thing to do. Keep the six feet. Stay at home. Don't go around. Like and Stop be around posting. Don't share anymore. Don't talk to others. And a lot of envy can happen too. Right. You know, um, even even this, you know, there's the question, the second part of the question here, what is the tipping point of regular business and scum, right? And I've seen some posts out there um, that, you know, some people calling other resellers out and saying, you know, <laughs> something like, I hope your soul is okay in hell. Like, I mean, it's been, it's been pretty intense out there. And Mike and I have discussed this before, I forget which episode it was, but if you look back in our episodes, we had one about, you know, what do we do? We actually address the idea of, you know, what about selling coronavirus items? You know, this is when the masks were selling really well. And right now, I think they're still selling, but everything's been banned on Amazon and eBay. So that's kind of slowed down. But we also had talked about what do we do with Kobe Bryant stuff and, and so on. And so, you know, we had, we had, I had mentioned that there's like a morality to reselling, but we, we talked about it a little bit different, right? Because we shared this actually when I posted on the feed a while back, I think people, oh, about how Amazon was using their fair price policy, right? And a lot of people were saying, yeah, this is the way it should be. And when eBay was trying to do the same. And, and the key thing is there, there's a few things to look about. Do you want to share a little bit about why it's important that prices are kind of let, like people are allowed to price where they need to price? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like there's, the hard part is, is this is such a different situation. People will, will often conflate two different issues. So you, I, I think you can't compare an issue when there is a, a hurricane that hits or a, a fire, an earthquake or something like that, and it devastates a small region. And then when that happens and there's no water in that area, it's actually price raising is actually an incentive to get what like, and I've used this example to get water there, right? People are willing to, to, to take the expense to fill up their gas, their, their tank of gas, throw in a bunch of gallons of water, drive somewhere when maybe the government might be slow or other agencies might be slow. But when you're motivated by profit, water gets to these people who need the water. Now, the difference is that's usually like there's there is source. It's just a matter of money becomes the motivator of getting that source to those people. Um, so that is actually a good thing. It's actually very helpful when in in history, when historically, when they've said you can only charge a certain amount, it actually kills black markets, as it were, these kind of like what people would consider shady. And what happens is nobody has the incentive to bring in extra food. People aren't willing to come in. I mean, when castles were under siege back in the day, there was a, 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 a 
a kingdom or a city that was dealing with this. They were under siege. And then they decided people were like black market bringing in bread into this, mm-hmm. this city. And they were like, it's too much. You cannot charge this much for bread. And they put a limit. Well, people start bringing in bread and people actually starved. And so even though it's like, oh, okay, like the prices are high, but it was incentive. Now the difference with some, something like a pandemic is this hits everybody across the board, right? And so it's not so much that, hey, there's a ton of, of, of hand sanitizer in one part of the country and another part of the country needs it. And therefore, like the, the price becomes an incentive for people to find a way to get it to the people who need it. But when everybody buys it and now it's everybody needs it and there's no source, that's when it becomes, I think, where people start to have more of an issue. And I think you can't conflate the two because they're two separate things. Mm-hmm. And because this is like a global issue and it's kind of unprecedented in, in our generation, um, it, it's hard to say, like, at what point is is it bad? Because I use the other example and I'll, I'll stop talking about this because, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to an- annoy people with like no, I, I these think types of things. It's a good conversation to have because... You know, we use the word price gouging a lot. Right. Right. And there have been laws put in place for price gouging, but there's a difference between exploitation and the free market. Right. Yeah. And, and it's it's crucial. And so the, the reality is there's actually not a shortage of hand sanitizer. That That's the thing I want. Like, there's not a shortage of hand sanitizer. The problem is people have the hand sanitizer and it's not in the stores. And this, we've seen the same thing happen with gas. When there's supposed shortages in gas, there's a fear that there's going to be a shortage. So everybody fills their tank up with gas. Everybody's driving around with full tanks. Every time it gets down a, qu- a quarter empty, they're immediately filling it back up. So now gas stations don't have gas. They have to raise their prices, which causes fear and people start stocking up on gas. So the, the actual supply of gas was enough to meet the demands, but people were driving around with it in their tanks instead of having it inside of the gas stations. It's kind of the same thing with things like hand sanitizer. So I think the problem is if 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 resellers buy all of it, and I think this is where people, and I'm trying to think of this from a non-reseller perspective. If resellers go in day one, buy every bit of hand sanitizer, now there's none available to anybody. There's actually not a shortage. There's enough. So it's not the it's not the demand that's causing the price, but it's it's like a fake demand because there's enough supply for the demand. It's just people are like holding on to the supply. And I think that's where people start to feel like, uh, is that right? Well, and then they liquidate. Yeah. Right. Because then now they're stuck. Right. And then prices begin to drop. Right. And or it creates innovation and companies will produce more. So it's a it's a tough one. I, you know, I, I said this before and in the episode you want to check it out is episode 118. We actually go more in depth into this. Uh, but, you know, like I said, with the Kobe stuff, I could not sell it. Like I, I just couldn't. Now, unfortunately for me, everything sold out before I could ever stop anything. So I kind of really didn't have much to say after that. But for me, it was really hard for me to sell some of the stuff. Now, I had mentioned if there were individuals that, you know, this was their, like me, it was their full-time income and sales were slow and they needed to provide for the family. You got to do what you got to do, right? Whatever is in the bounds of, you know, being ethical, right? And so this is kind of one of those things where I lean on, like, if you're able to sleep at night and, and you're able to know that, hey, you're not just out of your way trying to just exploit people, but instead you're trying to help out your family. You're also providing a service for others. I don't know if there is a line on there. You know what I mean? So anyways, that's just our view on it. I don't know. Maybe maybe we should put unpopular opinion. I don't know on there. But again, anytime, anytime there's been, I agree, anytime there's been a limit on certain things, it it, it begins to stifle innovation. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, I can get really historical, but, you know, if we go back to Rockefeller, one of the richest guys ever and Standard Oil, his monopolizing of the oil industry actually brought all oil prices down that more common people than ever were able to have kerosene lamps than in the history of mankind, right? 
And so you want to allow, you know, the market to continue. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you you just got to have the understanding that there are going to be people that are going to need things. So there has to be compassion somewhere. And But I think that's for every person to decide where that lands. Yeah. And I think, too, like the reality is there's not as of now, there's actually not a the demand for things like hand sanitizer, toilet paper, which is kind of strange. It shouldn't be. But the demand for those types of things are up right now. And so people are are trying to be wise. But all it takes, you know, you see the pictures of somebody with an entire shopping cart full of toilet paper. And some people are, are resellers doing that. But the, the, the reality is there are people who are genuinely afraid and they think they need to have like a year's worth of toilet paper ready. So what happens is you walk in to go buy some, some you know, toilet paper and you're like, man, there's none at this store. There's none at the next store. You finally go to a store and they've got some toilet paper. You're like, I haven't been able to find toilet paper for three days. I need to buy like three times the amount I normally would, which almost just increases this, this issue. But then the thing is because toilet paper is something that people probably aren't going to keep stocking up on, uh, that as more shipments come now, people aren't buying toilet paper. So now these stores are going to be backlogged with toilet paper. So I think those things are actually like, if, if that's a market, this is like a quick up and down. Um, I can't believe we're talking about toilet paper. Yeah, it's this just, is it's, this, it's just crazy. Potty just issues crazy. here. Potty issues. All right. Hey, we got two super chats real quick. Hey, Clay's Closet. Hey, another shout out. Man, Clay's Closet is dropping. Yeah. Just dropping the money. Uh, what do you all teach? Orlando, were you in administration? I'm seventh grade history and Texas treasures language arts. We've bought storage units and we'll source together some. That's awesome. Yeah, that's like the same as us. So, yeah, no, I do teach. I teach uh, right now. Currently, I'm teaching U.S. history and I was a school administrator for five years. So mm. I still love teaching. That's why I do it now. My my, you know, my side hustle became my full-time hustle and my, you know, full-time hustle is now my side hustle. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, John Carlson. Oh, and I teach English. So in oh, case you, you missed that. So, the, the question so, yeah. so we got, we got history and English. There you go. The humanities. So John Carlson, I think he just dropped 499 because he just wanted, look, he's laughing in his comment. He just wanted to, you know, dig his elbows in a little bit here. So I was late. Did I miss the part about international first class and simple export? No, you didn't, but. So if you you guys that follow us, so John always gives me a hard time because we're team GSP, eBay Global Shipping Program, and that's all we do, mm. right? Because we like the simplicity. We like that our stuff is protected. We like that we can never get a negative feedback and all those situations. But no, I just want to say real quick, oh, you're still oh. talking about that. Um, this question did say, what do you all teach? Okay. All right. All right. What do you all teach? Sorry, my self-centeredness. You. My self-centeredness. Saw your name. Orlando. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, John. Mike didn't mean to interrupt. So, so Mike, John always makes the argument that Mike and I should be doing international first-class shipping and using pirate ship with simple, simple uh, export because we're leaving a lot of money on the table because there are a lot of individuals that don't want to pay the GSP prices, but they'd rather pay, you know, lower prices and we'd make more money. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it, we're probably we're probably are losing money. Um, I don't it, think we are. Well, I mean, I sell high dollar items on GSP. You do sell high dollar items, but here's the thing: it's it's well, part of it is is it's the unknown. You can't you can't judge on what you don't know. And so the reality is, um, I've probably lost a lot of sales because it's an insane amount that people have to spend for that GSP. And so yeah, high but dollar that's items. The people, I want I want I want the people with agreed. with the money to buy the stuff. I agree. Well, I agree that I agree with that when it comes to those big items you definitely don't want returns on. Now, when it comes to our bread and butter items, we don't know what we're missing out on. We might be able to sell, we might have a 15% increase in bread and butter items if if we were willing to sell through another method. I just don't want to spend the time to ship international bread and butter item. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That, yeah, that's just enough. that's my view. But John, you're 100% right and I'm probably 100% right if that, if that even can happen. Yeah. 
We're we're all 100% right. We're all in this all together. We we're all in this together. All right. All right. Hey, oh, one more. Another super chat. Man, you guys are so kind. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. So Smitty's Flip says, thanks for the content. Always the best. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate how you guys tie history into reselling. We try. Uh, the more you know, the more you make. And yeah. I feel like we should have a little sound in the back. Bling, bling, bling. Yeah, more so. you know, the more you well, make. No, that's not, that's not how the sound went. Well, once I throw the music behind it, it'll be like the bolo. It'll be cool. Don't worry. Okay. Trust me. I can hear it in my head. It's Smitty's good. Flips, thank you so much for the 499 Super Chat. Really appreciate that. All right, let's go to another question here. Uh, do you think there will be a decline in resellers as the thrifts continue to raise prices? Is it good or bad? I'll start this one. I don't think it's going to lead to a decline. I think we're just going to have more resellers. And the reason being is that thrifting is the thing right now. And I think actually right now with the economic downturn, if thrift stores stay open, it may be more of a thing, right? I mean, it all depends on what people are spending, but right now it's cool to go to thrift stores. So what that means is that the secondary market is thriving. You think about, I think Nordstrom just opened the secondary store, like for used goods, right? And so what that means is that there's going to be more opportunity. And now with the explosion of, you know, not explosion of YouTube, but social media has way more reselling, even TikTok. TikTok, since when Mike got, Mike and I got on there a year ago, has blown up. And I wish Mike, like, and I hit TikTok hard because we probably have a, over 100,000 followers right now. If, because the algorithm was like, you just breathe and you got like 5,000 uh, followers overnight. Now it's changed a little bit. So now we, we can't even get 14.5. Like we're always right there, which is all good. Uh, but what I'll say is, is that I, I think that regardless of the thrift prices, there's always going to be weak spots, right? And resellers are always going to find those weak spots because there's no way, unless they have an AI in the back that scans every single item, like they're not going to catch them. So do I think there's going to be a decline in resellers? I don't think so because I think the reselling world, and this is just my personal opinion, right? I don't know if you agree with me on this, many of you, but I think resellers recycle. <laughs> that sounds like a pun, but yeah. in the sense that like there's always new sellers and then people get really excited and then it's a lot of work and then people are like, ah, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Right? Like my buddy who was all excited and he actually was making good money. And then after, I think he was only doing it like maybe five, six months. And it was just like, ah, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So it always rotates. So whether well, there'll be more, I think there'll be more, but I don't think it's going to be a substantial shift. Yeah. I think, I think it's an up and down. I, I feel like there, I, I do agree with the rotation. And I also think that um, markets fluctuate until they find the right level. And so I, I see in my head, this is what I see happening. Um, a lot of resellers coming in, buying a bunch of stuff because it's cheap at thrift stores, thrift stores, realizing they can capitalize off of resellers raise the prices so a bunch of resellers drop out or they're not willing to shop there. Then thrift stores drop prices back down to what's acceptable. Resellers go back to the normal level because things prices aren't too low. And then we find what the market value is. And so I think the reason we have fluctuations, whether extreme peaks of too many resellers because prices are really cheap or maybe resellers leaving, I do think there might be if, if it's more and more difficult to find stuff at thrift stores because thrift stores are priced too high, that pendulum is going to swing and it's going to go up and down until we find the market level. And so um, it's just price correction. It's trying to figure out what what actually what thrift stores can charge, what resellers are willing to pay. And until we get to that base level where everybody's happy, there's going to be some fluctuations for sure. Anna, I see Anna says, Anna Putman says, it doesn't take any time. All you do is print the label eBay gives you and you put it on the package. You know, you're right. Yeah. Why are we right. doing international? I, I just, I like to say, I'm I've listening never, to this guy. Maybe I've never I had an guys. issue with global shipping. I've done global shipping for 
Probably five but, years now. But but I, I think the idea is, do you have to choose one or the other? Can you do both? You can do both. So you then you can choose which. I know. So why not do both? Okay, so try it out and come back to us. <laughs> why don't? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. What if you did it for two weeks? No. No. What's your fear? Like, what's the fear? Of, what, then, what's the worst I'm that can happen? I'm going to spend time shipping out items that are like, anytime I have a GSP sale, it's good money. It's good money. I don't know. I don't know. I just but don't if, it, do if, it, if it's the same amount of work to ship an international sale as it is to ship a domestic sale, but you're just increasing it, it's almost just like increasing your domestic sales, wouldn't it be? Yes. Like, what's the argument yeah. for not increasing I'm just domestic gonna, I'm sales? I'm just going to be stubborn. See what I deal with here, I just, I just don't want to do it. All right. Just being real here. All right. This is an easy question. Real quick, Mike, you can answer this one. Is a roller or label printer worth it or all hype? I'm still printing and taping. Okay. I'll answer the first part, uh, the second part. You should not be taping. Like don't ever tape ever again. You can either A, uh, there's ways to get uh, labels and you can shoot me a DM and I'll talk about that. It's just, if you do FBA, you get free UPS labels, but they should be only used for UPS. So, you know, there's that. But you can also buy labels on Amazon. Uh, there's actually a link in our bio uh, that it just prints on a laser or whatever kind of printer you have. And you just peel it off and you stick it onto it. And you're saving a ton of time and you're saving tape. Now, the better alternative is what Mike's going to talk about. Yeah, I think I think a, a, a Rolo or the Zebra or whichever one you decide to get, um, it's worth it. And I think it's worth it for a lot of reasons. I think it's, it's so fast. You can batch print, like if, especially if you're... If you're lucky enough to to get a bunch of things where you're not shipping through FedEx, let's say you get 15 items or 20 items and you're doing all of them through um, eBay, you're posting, getting all of your purchasing through the, the eBay, you can literally print them all out at one time and it takes like less than a second per per page, per label. As soon as you hand print, it's literally like, they're out, you peel, you stick. And the best part about it is because it's thermal, because it's a thermal printer, there's no ink involved. You never have to worry about running out of ink. All it, It's just like a receipt. It just prints on the thing. So, and the nice thing too, is you can make designs. Um, I haven't actually done this yet, but I've seen, I've gotten some packages with this and I'm like, oh, all they did was if you make a black and white picture, the right size, you can put like recycled box or some kind of thing on there and it'll immediately um, print out. And so you could put like a logo on a box. You could put, I use recycled boxes or something like that, that can just, you could just stick right on top of even sealed packages inside. Like, thank you for your purchase. Like, and because they're so cheap, you can get these for like literally less than a penny. Sometimes if you're buying in bulk per label, um, you buy thousands of them at a time for, for very insignificant. It's really fast. I like it. Not ever having to worry about ink because honestly, ink is expensive. It just is. Uh, and so it's nice not having to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to just throw this one out there. Charlene says, I tape. Uh, Charlene Hewitt says, I tape. Orlando, I'm stubborn. You should understand yeah. facts. Agree. That I agree. Facts. But I will tell you, going to laser printer, like the college picker, Eric, thanks so much. Once he sent me that laser printer, it was a game changer. So yes, thermal printer is the next step up. So I agree with Mike. Uh, there was a, a question. Oh, this one, next one, I want to answer this one. This is kind of fun. Are you ready for this one? I don't know. Let's hear it. It says, if you had all the money in the world, what would you buy? Hmm. I didn't even... So I told you I looked at the questions before we started and I looked at the first like four or five and I'm like, oh, these will be easy to talk about because I, I never really prep for these things for the book reviews. I prep a lot, um, but I kind of just like, well, we'll talk about whatever we talk about. What would I buy? I don't know. You answer first. I may have to think about that. So I'm an educator and I'm just going to be real. So my heart is for teaching and what I know. So I was in private education. But I found it was, we had solid school. We had solid education. We had academics. We had incredible sports teams, but it was expensive. 
Like it costs money. And and my kid actually is still going there. He's going to go there next year. And I'm going to have to hustle, you know, harder because he's going into high school. That's going to cost me more to send them there. And I even, even, I don't know, we're talking about education here, but that, that was a question. And so I find in public education, right? It depends what neighborhood you're in, right? It depends that the teachers, where they, they're selected from. And, and a lot of that has to do with socioeconomic status. And so if I could do what I want with all the money in the world, I would create the top best schools in the world. And I would be, I would provide, this is, this is such a, like all the money in the world, right? I would provide free, free top tier education. I, I would pay teachers top dollar based on performance because I can't just pay them money just to be teachers. Mm. I'd have to pay them, you know, and anyways, some of you that are out there are going to be like, oh no, salary skills. Well, I would have like a 70 something point system to kind of determine your performance. Nice. I was yeah. getting kind of sketchy. Right? I shouldn't have said that. There. Um, I know, but yeah, I'm talk, but here's my deal. Yeah. I want everybody to have equal access to education right? Equal access to athletics, equal access to like STEM and, you know, whether they want to be a carpenter or whether they want to be a musician. And I just find that that's one of the things in our country that's really hard. I mean, and I don't want to get political. There's different ways going about it. Some people say make the government pay for it. Other people are like, well, the government's the reason why it costs so much. So, I mean, there's two sides to it. But if I had all the money in the world, that's what I would do. And I would take a small percentage as the CEO of, you know, Orlando Schools International. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, I'm going to answer this completely differently. I would entitle it after me, by the way. <laughs> Just saying. Because I, I think a question worded like that, like all the money in the world, like, of course, we could list every, you know, you know, fill in, oh, I can't even say that word right now. Every, every positive thing you can do for other people. There's so many things we can do. And so, yeah, like, you'd, I'd love to help everybody that you can possibly help. But I'm going to answer this more specifically for me. Because like, I, I often, there's, there's oftentimes little things I want to buy. Like, man, if I had an extra $400 right now, I could buy this camera lens or this, but really my heart has been changing recently to a point where I don't, there's nothing that I think I need in order to feel satisfied. And I feel like that's a good place to be. And so if I were to just say for me, like if it wasn't all the money in the world, but if it was just like, I could just purchase like a few things for me, like what would it be? Of course, I'd love to have a really nice house and I know my you know kid can grow up in and have room to run around and play. Like, I think that would be the one thing. But other than that, like, I think, I've, I'm finding a certain amount of contentment of like, I just don't know if like another thing, another new car or another nicer camera or a better setup. because you're a reseller. Is, I mean, maybe part of it is you become, you become a little bit um, desensitized to the the whole stigma of like buy to feel better about yourself. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I find so much joy in, in my family and in my community and in my faith and those things that I don't really like. So for me, yeah, I mean, I'd love to give away as much as I could. Um, I don't want to hold on to money. So um there's those things. But what I would say is, yeah, you're probably right. Reselling has probably been a big part of that. And I'm sure like a lot of our listeners could probably agree that that realistically, if it was like, you could just buy a few things for you. Yeah. Maybe you need like, I need a new car. It'd be nice to have a house, but we probably have learned, especially through reselling that like just the more stuff you buy, it doesn't actually, it, it just brings you to the next thing you want. You're like happy for 10 minutes and then it's the next thing you want. So, um, man, finding contentment has really been helpful just budgeting wise. Uh, being able to save money, not getting into so many crazy hobbies, uh, and then you know allowed me to be more successful in business because you can be a little bit, you know, better as far as not cutting the things you don't really need. Yeah, agreed. Somebody asked about metrics for teachers, so I don't want to get into it, but there's there's plenty of things. Did you guys know that the best uh, data as, as far as as far as teacher performance in the classroom are student surveys? 
That was by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They had a major study. So just some things to think about. But I would make metrics for students and the teachers, right? Mm. If you're going to come to school, like, and we're going to pay for it, like, you got to perform, you know? So anyway, just something to share. And uh, oh, there's another question. You moved from it. All right. I lost it. Anyways, it's okay. Oh, somebody asked, uh, do you guys say, is it hard for you guys to take a day off? So I personally never take a day off reselling wise. Terrible. He should. I, I should, but reselling is a 24 hour gig. I mean, you could take a break, but you're always going to end up on your phone at some point in time, whether accepting an offer or declining an offer. Uh, and I would say because of the podcast, like we are, you know, social media, it's 24 hours a day for me. Yeah. I mean, obviously I sleep, but when I'm awake, I mean, I, I should, I'm going to look at my screen time while you fill out the second part. Yeah. I would say like, honestly, I, I, I probably have just as many like time constraints and just as busy. Um, but Orlando is definitely a harder hustler than I am. Like hands down, no questions asked. Can you, I don't know. If is you that today? That is my daily average. Ooh. You see that? 10 hours. 10 hours. Now that could be me. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but that could be me playing a YouTube. That could be me, you know, playing the Spotify too. It doesn't mean that I'm 10 hours, but that, I don't know if that's healthy. I mean, look at, yeah. look at, Look at the average. Yeah. Uh, should I put a? Or can I do that? Look at the average. That's that's that that's pretty consistent. So yeah, that is consistent. Yeah, but that's because we care about all you guys. Yeah, and I would say like honestly, like those of you who are on Instagram, you know, Orlando's doing a lot of that stuff, and so he definitely does hustle more um, on the reselling side. For me personally, and and this is where like everybody's different. Um, I need like my my wife learned this really quick when, when we first got married. Like I need a certain like at least a day a week, or sometimes it doesn't happen every week. But then like at least every couple of weeks, where it's like I have to decompress. Like I have to have shut the phone off, and I'm not always good at shutting the phone off. And I've been trying to get better at that. But like a day where it's like no work. Um, I mean, luckily she'll handle eBay sales that day. But it's like I'm just I need to decompress. I'm not even gonna like do things that take a lot. I'm just gonna read a book. I'm gonna spend some time with my son. And those days actually charge me up, I feel, to be more effective in the 24 hours I have each day after that. So I feel like I could. There's been weeks, I mean, when I was going through my master's program and I'm teaching full time and I've got a newborn son uh, in the NICU for a while. It's like you can you can push through and you can get a lot done and you can feel sometimes like you're more productive than you are because you don't know better. But a lot of statistics show like like you can run on low sleep for a while but you're actually performing at maybe like 80% capacity, but you don't feel like you're performing at 80% capacity. You feel like you're performing at hundred. And so sometimes actually taking that day off can make you perform at hundred percent capacity again. And you'll actually be more productive with the day off as counterintuitive as that sounds. Um, so, I mean, everybody's different. Everybody requires a different amount of sleep and different amount of time off. But I would suggest if you're always hustling, take a time off. Yeah. And you know, let me give a little bit of background for me. So a couple of things here. Number one, I love what I do. I love reselling and I love the podcast like that. This is, I, I'm kind of like living the dream, you know, but it takes a lot of hard work, right. To make that dream happen. So with when I, the way I put it this way, if I was in my, my twenties and, you know, shout out to all of you in your twenties, I, this is what I would be doing. Like if I didn't jump into education and let's say I wanted to be an entrepreneur right away, this is what it would take. So I'm reliving my twenties right now at the age of 40. Right. I kind of have to rebuild my life. And so that's going to take work. It's going to take a few years for me to get back to where I was. Cause before I walked away, you know, a few years ago, I did have what I thought was a dream at that time. You know, I, I was married. I, I was ready to have a super nice house in San Diego. Like everything was all set and then things changed. Right. And so you kind of got to rebuild. Right. And you got to eat dirt for a little bit and you got to hustle and you got to work hard. And I shared this before when you become a full time reseller, 
Like it's going to take a little bit before you really start making decent amount of profit where you can let things coast for a little bit. And so, you know, I've already shared this. uh, I'm not going to be doing this forever. I do intend to hustle hard for, you know, a few more years. Uh, I don't know if I'll be going at the scale of reselling like I'm going right now. And with the podcast, we know right now we want to help as many people as possible. But if we weren't on social media, we wouldn't know you guys like you guys. How would you find out about us? Right. And we've been given the tool to be able to share what we know and to be uh, able to reach a large audience for free through organic reach. We've only paid for one ad, mm. one yep. ad on Instagram. I think we paid 50 bucks and that was like in the was, first month. It wasn't even that much. I think we paid 30. I don't know how like, much it was. And it was like on one Instagram post, like, well, this get us more like people to see it. And yeah, it was, you know, it, it, honestly, we've discovered that just being part of the community it has been what's been beneficial. Um, and, and Orlando's a bigger part of that than I am. Uh, but you guys have, have impacted us so much. I mean, our reselling, I mean, we learned about pirate ship. We would have heard about it eventually, but like when we first heard about it, it was through the community. Oh, we've gained so much through the community. Oh yeah. And so, um, you know, part of that too, is just thinking about like, there's a way to hustle. Like some people can do it. They can just hustle, 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 always never stop. Um, and sometimes you can find ways of still learning and growing. So for me, my day off that I take, I'm reading like sometimes pretty heavy books, like some stuff that's like, I'm learning, I'm growing. Like I'm, I feel like I'm more intellectual now. I've, I've learned new concepts and things. So I'm still growing and developing as a person, uh, but it's just a different type of hustle. Whereas somebody else, if I told them you have to sit down and read this book um, and you had to read one of these books every day or every week, that might be like, this is the hustle they can't do. And so you got to find what, what is actually revitalizing and recharging for you. Yeah. And that's my thing. I, I don't, I, to me, it, I love what I do. I love the process. I'm good with it. So that's where we're at. That's so. right. All right. Uh, hey, let us know if there's any questions. Uh, well, let us know. If, if you have any questions, put them on the comments. We'd love to answer some more of you on the comments. I appreciate all of you that are sticking with us. We're an hour 18. Mm. So we're moving to, towards the, the, you know, the second half of the, or in the second half of the podcast. All right. Number, oh, number 10, we have another Corona. We already, I think we've covered all the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah I feel so, like this, we've answered that question. I don't even know. What is coronavirus? Like, I'm forgetting what it is now, you know? Uh, you, <laughs> You're not forgetting. No, I'm not. But but I, I you know kind of like called the coronavirus. I like that. That's not what we're talking about. It. You know that we can talk about other things in the podcast right now. It's kind of right. fun because seriously, like the moment we walk out of our studio, like it's gonna hit us. Real world, yeah. right? But okay. you don't have to be in the real world when you're listening to Pure Hustle podcast. You can put all episodes one through one twenty nine. You can close your eyes and just listen to Orlando and I just infiltrate your earbuds with our <laughs> with our amazing voices as we gently rock you to sleep or charge you into <laughs> charge you into your hustle um i don't know you know whatever all right hey amy lee Monroe, thanks for joining she's been a follower since day one whoa so appreciate good being stuff. on the feed there yeah. all right let's get to our next question here 11 what are some grail items you guys have never found but have always wanted to you have grail items yeah there's a few i mean um i've actually found some of the ones that I, i've had like finding a nintendo 64 was one for me and i know that's a lot of people find those all the time but that was one where every time I'd go somewhere, I was like, oh, there's a PlayStation, there's a this, there's that. But then it was like the Nintendo 64 I found, and, and it had 007 GoldenEye, which was great. I actually played it a little did you, bit. You didn't sell it, did you? Um, I did sell it, yeah. Man, we should do a Twitch of me and you playing GoldenEye. GoldenEye. Yeah. That would be sweet. The the OG first-person shooter. See, that is like the multiplayer. ultimate game. Yeah. The ultimate. But like, I would love to find Give a thumbs up it. if you think that's the ultimate game. Yeah, GoldenEye. Game. It was amazing. But I would like to find... I would have... I would have been happier if that find would have had um, uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time because that was the very first game that I ever played start to finish. It changed my life. I love that game. Um, And my brother still has our old Nintendo 64 with Ocarina of Time. Um, And so 
I know I could have bought it and I have the, I think I have another N64 right now, um, just the console. I could buy that game if I wanted to, but it's not the same. Um, the other one though is there are certain board games that I'm looking for. I actually found one that I've been really looking for and I got it new. Uh, it's a game called Twilight Imperium. That was incredible find that I got it new. Um, that was kind of a holy grail item just because it, it's like the epic game of all games. Um, but I sold it. Uh, I didn't actually open it because Ocarina it was worth a lot more money. But um, the probably the holy grail item would be really, really great to find a dark tower, I think. Like a working dark tower OG because they're making a new one. Oh man, that would be amazing. It'd just be cool for sure. What about you? What's your uh, man? So what's I, your grail? I, I'm all over the place. Uh, I will say there's certain things that I've never, never come across in the recently world. So these are things that people have come across, right? So these are the ones that I'm probably going to come across. I don't know when. So Kuji sweater. I still have never seen a Kuji sweater live. Oh, that's true. You know, like, I, never. I watch this guy who wears them all the time and I'm like, you know what? I could wear a Kuji sweater. I could too. Like, I That'd think, be cool. I mean, it'd be kind of, I think it'd be kind of weird with my shorts and sandals <laughs> or maybe it wouldn't, but uh, yeah, Kuji sweater. Other one is Filson. I've never found anything Filson. Mm. Like, have you come across a Filson item? No. And for me, I've always wanted to find like those rare Nintendo games, right? So one game I've always been looking for. And and you you read a story. Somebody I think found one. I think at a Walmart. It's this game called Stadium Events. I don't really care about the game, but it's a game that was like destroyed, right? It was um, it's basically it's it's worth like fifty thousand dollars, right? If you can find Just it, because of scarcity, because of scarcity, because it's a game that came out right. And now somebody did say I'm reading an article right now. It's no longer the most valuable game of all time, but it's still one of the holy grails. Right. But still 10 K is what you can get for it. Right. And the reason being is that some of these Nintendo games were like released limited and then they were like destroyed. Mm. Right. I've also, you know, I'm a big Zelda guy and I've, I've always wanted to find a legend of Zelda Nintendo, like sealed in the box. Right. And we know somebody that's in the chat right now that did have some Zelda games from Nintendo in the box that were super clean, but I, you know, anyways, they, they didn't want to sell them to me. You know who you are in the feed. <laughs> Um, but anyways, those are some of my Holy Grail items. Um, Dark Tower is one of them just because I know that's like, I've always just wanted one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the other couple of things are just attire stuff that I had. I know this is going to sound weird, but, and I, you can find them on eBay, but I haven't found them. So in the nineties, I, I was big, like I had all the stuff. So, you know, I, I always liked wearing, you know, parkas, like starter parkas. And there was this 49er trench coat. That it said 49ers down the sleeve and it was red and it was huge. And uh yeah, somebody jacked me. Like I was I was walking down the street and some dude just I, I had it on my arm and some guy just took off. And you know, back then everybody was like Got Carl jacked. Lewis was like the fastest guy in the world. And this dude was like the Carl Lewis. Like mm. so the, here's like Orlando trying to run after this guy. Man, I kind of look like Chris Farley here a little bit. Living in a van. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, so I was going after this guy, and the dude just like took off, jumped the fence. And then the next guy, and then the next day, this this was by our school. These guys had like they put the jacket on a on a on a pair of crutches or one crutch and like hung it out the window from their halfway house. And like, ha ha ha, ah, dude, it went, you know. And uh, yeah, I never got my jacket back. So still looking. I did find that 49ers trench coat jacket once, uh, but it was a size medium, so I had to pass on it. And uh, yeah, I did get another one, but the reason uh, that I never, you know. Had it again is when I left for college, 
Like all my stuff was gone. I had Allen Iverson shoes. I had Jordans. I had all these starter jackets. I had 49ers chalk line jackets. I don't know what my parents did with myself, yeah. but it's all gone. I so have, I have one more Holy Grail. Okay, go ahead. ahead. Okay, so this one, I can't believe I totally forgot this. Um, as a teacher um, and, and being an English teacher, this one's really big for me. Um, and I've never seen one. I, they have There's tons of reprints and stuff, but I would love to find like an original or even a really just old New England primer. Right. Like the New England primer was a book that was used to teach people, uh, teach young students how to read. Um, It taught them the alphabet. It taught them certain words. It taught them um, certain, you know, philosophical and theological like points. It was a really, really cool book. It was kind of like the educational book back in like the the, the 1700s, uh, late 1700s. And I've got to believe there are people that have even some from the 1800s or 1900s. Even that'd be cool. Like I'd love to find one from the the early 1900s because it was in use a lot for a long time. Um, and I'm hoping that I'll be at a garage sale or an estate sale sometime. And there's going to be somebody with like an OG New England primer from like their grandparents or something. Original gangster New England yeah. primer. OG so, New England. So a lot of people are asking, primer. right? Were you wearing it? Or how did you get it off of you, Orlando? I literally had it. Let me see. It was hanging over my arm like this. And I was like nonchalantly walking down the street. And somebody just like, just like, just took it off and just like booked it booked it you should have it should it could have been one of those things where have you seen like the bait the bait videos where somebody will like tie a a fishing line or a rope or something to like a backpack and like leave it by a tree (laughs) or like a skateboard those are the best ones now is like a skateboard and it's up against a wall and it's got like a like a a rope attached to it and the person will grab it take off skating and then as soon as it hits the end of the rope they just fall and crash that would have been great if you could you know you've got this they take off with it but it's actually attached to a rope and then they they fall okay eat it (laughs) <laughs> the theories you come up with but here, here's the crazy thing about that was that that item was not only the, the only thing stolen from me like in those two weeks i actually had a pair of reebok pumps that was stolen and that was even worse so i'm trying see this guy right here like he showed me when we first started reselling like one of his like storage units that had all these toys in it and he's like i'm kind of afraid to have this like door open he's like i don't want anybody to know this is here you promise you won't tell anybody this is here I'm like, man, like, why, why are you so worried about getting stuff stolen? But he's had a lot of things stolen in his life, man. That's intense. I have. I have. So what was crazy about that one time when that item got stolen was that um, it was a junior. So I went to a small like private school and like junior hires in high school in the same school. So it was a junior that took my, oh, wait, oh, wait, before I let me finish the story. There's one more Holy Grail item that I have not mentioned that I was waiting till the end. Hold on. I'm going to share it was I had a pair of Reebok pumps that were stolen and the guy wore it the next day. And it was one of those things where like, I just, I didn't, I didn't know how to react. Like I was like, Oh cool. Like you got my, uh, you have my Reebok pumps and I just let it go. I would have cried. I I was a teller, like in junior high, especially Um, somebody stole, I had a bunch of magic, the gathering cards and somebody stole them and then was playing with one of the decks that was stolen. Like I know I made that deck. And I went and I cried. I told the principal, he took my cards. And yeah. I got them back. But I mean, you know. It was so, yeah. Anyways, if you guys have, okay. So you guys see me now. I have like this huge beard and I'm bald. But back then, like in junior high. You didn't have right? a beard? No. You weren't bald in junior so high? So I had a very tight like Nike jacket that I wore like every day. Right? It was like purple sleeves and it was like, it was sweet. I wish I had it now. It's probably worth money. My pants were kind of high water. Uh, my hair was combed to the side. And I had like these glasses that were really thick. So, you know, I didn't, my lunchtime wasn't very fun when I was in junior high. It's just, we just get thrown out there. 
would be more real than ever here. Somebody said Mission District. Yep, that's where, that's where I grew up. Mission District. So Excelsior. Anyways, um, <laughs> Orlando. All right, this is my ultimate holy grail that I was waiting till the end here to share. I've never come across a Harley Davidson 3D emblem shirt, and I want the one with the hogs on it. So those shirts go for thousands. Not only have I never found a, a hogs one, I've never found a 3D emblem. So that is my holy grail out of the Nintendo, out of the starter jackets, out of the Philson, out of the Kuji. That is what I want. So. My hope is that one day, you know, someday I'll come across one. And, uh, you know, it's weird. It's like, I don't even ride motorcycles like Harley Davidson, but I would keep that shirt. I wouldn't wear it. I would just put it like in a picture frame and just like we'd put it back here, like right here in the middle. Yeah, so of, if you guys have one you want to send to us, we can make a yeah. decoration. Yeah, if you want to spare a few thousand dollars. So somebody asked for junior high picks. Actually, I currently was looking at my phone. I do have one awesome pick in here, but I couldn't find it. So. Maybe one day on a throwback Thursday, we'll throw it on Instagram. And if you're not following us on Instagram, please follow us. Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And we are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. And you can always give us a call to 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Shoot us an email at purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you're not watching us on YouTube right now during the live and you're listening to podcasts, go to the YouTube, hit that subscribe button and give a thumbs up. And, uh, you know, there's also a link to say thank you in a monetary way. Or if you're here right now in the Super Chats, which we're thankful for all of you and uh we have shirts on sale still that we're trying to sell yeah. and uh the last thing is hey reviews reviews are awesome thank you guys man we've had some good reviews lately uh but for the sake of time won't read them right now because <laughs> we, we we still got a little bit but not you know we don't want to go on all night because our, our family still need us that's right so yeah so you didn't have facial hair in junior i did no i, I wasn't allowed I, to I, I had facial hair i had facial hair um but I was, I was, I went to a military school and so I had to have like military cut mustache. So I had like the mustache ended at my, <laughs> at my lips. So I did have to shave, but I had a full on mustache, like seventh, eighth grade, wow. sixth grade. I was starting to shave. I, why am I not surprised? Yeah. All right. Hey, and I lost uh, it all here. Uh, tips for customer feedback. Next question. Uh, and they said, love your content. Thank you so much. Uh, so two ways I think get that good feedback. That's my tip. Oh, that's great. That, that's so profound. Like that's it. We're done. Mic drop. Mic drop. Get good feedback. And we're done. I shouldn't have done that because I just sorry people that are listening on the podcast. They just hear all that hand noise on the mic. Um. Hey, this is people said thank you guys for sharing your lives. Hey, appreciate it, man. We love it. We just got to be real, you know. Um. So feedback. There's two ways. One is you could purchase a lot of cheap items, or you could purchase eBay shipping supplies, and you'll get instant feedback, right? Because so, but it, you're getting buyer feedback, not seller. But feedback. it doesn't. It doesn't matter when it comes to right. the ultimate number. You know what I mean? Like now somebody that really cares is going to break it down. Like, is this, you know, feedback from buying or selling? But yeah, if you buy a lot of stuff, you know, for cheap and people give you instant feedback, that's one way. So buy like penny, like digital files of like a PDF of something and what, you just buy I, hundreds I of them. I don't know. Or you could sell a lot of cheaper items, right? You could do that. Uh, and people will give you feedback, right? You can ask people for feedback. Another way is you can, and I don't recommend this. I, to me, feedback's important, but if you really want to build it, I know a lot of people that do the cards. Mm -hmm. Like you had mentioned, you can print something on a thermal printer and say, thank you. You know, if there's ever an issue with the item, yep. please contact me or please leave, you know, five-star feedback. Always appreciate it. That's one way that people build their feedback. So it's up to you. I think that's, I think I've covered all of them, right? Yeah, I, I think that's probably good. And, and there's again, no hack or anything. No, and I think part of it too is like positive feedback is good. You want to get that. The main thing is you're wanting to avoid negative feedback. Um, 
the way you do that a lot of times is just being really good customer service. Like there's times maybe you made a mistake. Maybe the customers irate, like, I mean, if you've been out in the stores recently, you know that there are, there are people in the world who they're just, they're just, they're different. They're, they're off. Right. And some of those customers, they just don't see the world the way everybody else sees the world. And so you might not be a fault for something, but for whatever reason, they're upset. And they're, even if it's not logical, the best thing to do is not to, not even to try and prove your point, but be willing to take the loss, be willing to refund, be willing to say you're sorry, be willing to do whatever it takes uh, in order to get that positive feedback or not get a negative feedback. And then if you do get a negative feedback, you can show eBay, these are all the steps I've taken. Um, and so I think I think getting positive feedback is one aspect. The other aspect is, you know, be willing to swallow your pride. Sometimes it's like, I can't believe they're asking me to do this thing. Like they're in the wrong on this. But sometimes it's worth eating that cost just so that you can avoid that negative feedback. Agree. And always make sure you're doing what you can to appease a buyer, right? So I've mentioned this before, giving them options. Like if they're not happy about something, you can tell them, hey, you can return it for a full refund or we could do a partial refund or, you know, hey, you can buy something else for me. I mean, there's there's different ways, but the key thing that eBay always wants to know is, did you do everything you can to resolve things with the buyer, right? And that helps. So yeah, and I agree. Somebody said that you said that beautifully and Aww. I think you did. So thank you. Good job. Uh, somebody said, did you, oh, Michael, question. Did you ever use codeless coupons to increase the chance of return buyers? You know, I tried it uh, a while back. I didn't, I didn't get a lot of return buyers. And that's one thing I've always wanted eBay to do. And they did talk about that last eBay open that they were going to make it, make it a way that you can find out if somebody's a return buyer. I would love that because the only way you can know that is through eBay or through GoDaddy bookkeeping. Yeah. Right. But never do you see that. Like when somebody's buying something, it, there should be a flag that says like return buyer and da da da. Cause then you can contact say, Hey, thanks for coming back. Is there anything else you're interested in? Yeah. I can give you a discount or so on. Yeah. I think if you've got replenishables that might matter, um, or even like maybe you get lucky, you get an estate sale. And so you get like a hundred shirts that are all the same size and they're interested in that brands. So they might buy multiple. Maybe they come back later to buy. But I, I feel like at least the way I, I do reselling, I've got so many different things that change. The chances of like a buyer being interested in my store as opposed to just an item is probably pretty low. And so I'm not so concerned about return is just, do I have the right products to reach a buyer? Um, and now, if I had replenishables, if I was selling a, a specific type of thing over and over, uh, then I'd maybe be a little bit more concerned about getting those um, return buyers. See, but- I'm on the other side of things. I've sold long enough that I do have repeat buyers. Like I know who they are. So I, I got somebody that... It's always looking for Dr. Pepper hats. So if mm-hmm. I ever have any, I can reach out to them. I know somebody that's looking for certain rain spooners. I know somebody that's looking for certain Harley hats. So I have built actually a base on eBay of return buyers, but I had to really pay attention to who they were and I had to communicate with her, with them. If eBay had a way to show me, like I could maybe reach out and have more of those individuals, right? So yeah. I, I think it'd be important. You know, that's just my thoughts on that. So we actually got through all the questions. Yeah. All of them. So it's kind of making me sad because I think it's time for us to uh, put this to a close. Yeah. So, you know, um, this might be... Well, isn't that a high note, this, though? This, this isn't goodbye. This is, we'll talk to you later, right? Like, that's the way we <laughs> want to think about it. Um, we, will be, we will be back in your ears no, and back in your ocular sockets if you're watching on YouTube uh, in a very soon uh, upcoming time, probably a Wednesday, right? Uh, maybe sooner, depending, you know, we'll see. Well, we have an update episode coming up. Yeah. So that's Ooh, I love updates. Yeah, it's gonna be good. By the way, though, hey, I just want to share this with you guys real quick since you know we do have the, the, the ability to do that. You can only control what you can control, 
Right. So, you know, there's a lot of panic and there's a lot going on out there. And, you know, even with sales, right, that's always the case. So one day at a time, one day at a time. Right. So it's focused on that one day. Hey, I'm going to do these many listings. Um, and before all that, make sure you take care of yourself, take care of your family, be safe, stay healthy. But after that, right, control those things in your reselling game that you can figure out your sourcing, figure out your listing and don't change what you're doing necessarily. Like go on with the normal day to day because we can't live in fear. We can't live in desperation because ultimately, right? We don't know everything here. We don't know how long this is going to last. All you know is about the here and now. So focus on that while thinking about the macro and taking care of your family, but be consistent because that's, what's going to carry us through all of this. And, uh, you know, just always be out there look for opportunities to help others if you can, because right now we're at a place that we can definitely, you know, be separated from one another. And I don't, I don't want that. Right. And especially in the reselling community. So I don't know. I've kind of felt like sharing that from my heart. That's good. So. That's, that's, I feel like a lot of times I'm, I'm trying to give like the deep philosophical stuff, but I think you nailed it there. Uh, so I, we've had some people put in our comments. I think it's great. Um, just wash your hands. 20 seconds. Sing the ABCs. That's, that's my advice. Keep it simple. And list those death piles. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be 